Thanks for joining us at Faith Bible Chapel. We hope the message you're about to hear encourages your day and brings you closer to Jesus. If you'd like to join us for service, find a small group, or simply find out more about the church, stop by our website at www.faith.church. We are continuing with the power of a thankful heart. And there, there is incredible dividends that we get from living a life of thankfulness. And so again, as last week, we're going to press in on this, and God's going to challenge you, and he's going to challenge you, and you're probably going to feel a little uncomfortable, but then he's also going to show us the way, how to make some changes in our lives through his word. This is not about, um, this is not about, about personal kind of keys, you know, like five, you know, five things for a better life. No, no, we're going to allow the word of God to transform us so that we through his grace and his power, we can walk out and have a thankful heart. But a thankful heart can impact every area of your life. It can impact your emotions, impacts your relationships, which I'm going to look at. It's going to impact every area of how you see people, how you see, how you see God, how you see the church, even how you see the enemy. It helps you see everything in the right perspective. And the scripture tells us, as we're stepping into this Month of thankfulness, which I just love. Us as a nation, we take some time and figure out what we're thankful for. And we remember this. But we also spiritually want to leverage this time, because it's on everyone's heart, to see, all right, God, what does your word say about the life of thankfulness? And so these two messages that I'm doing are from First Thessalonians. See, I didn't even say it right that time. First Thessalonians, out of chapter 5. This is what the word of God says today. And this is our text today. Rejoice always. Everybody say Always. Pray continually. Say continually. Give thanks in all circumstances. Say all. Give thanks in all circumstances. For this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. This is the instructions given to us as Christians. How we're to live our lives. How we're to, to walk things out in our lives. Notice, as, we, as I did last week, I pointed out, it doesn't say give thanks for all circumstances. That would be crazy to give thanks for all, all circumstances. But it does say this, give thanks in all circumstances. Because there is, a, there is a key of a thankful heart. That key unlocks the life that all of us actually desire and want to live in our lives. So I'm going to get straight into this message today and give you five things that the thankful heart produces in your lives and helps produce in our lives through the Word of God. The first one is this, a thankful heart. Number one, it cultivates healthy relationships. Cultivates healthy relationships. For all of us in this room, if we were to just stop and think just for a moment, we know that the source of most of our pain, most of our disappointments, most of our anxieties, sadness in our lives, either presently or, or in the past, stress, all of those actually come from unhealthy relationships. And unhealthy relationships come from unhealthy ways of processing, how we think, how we process the emotions we allow to be in our hearts and allow us to, what we dwell on in our hearts. And the truth is this, that as you are in relationships, the truth is this, is that hurt people hurt people. Hurt people hurt people. And I would be willing to bet that everyone in this room has areas of pain and hurt in your life. And so one of the ways that you can begin a journey of healing is asking God to help you obey his word 
from the passage that we just read, to begin to give thanks in all circumstances. And that God, you would, and today as we look at this, that God would help us obey his word and give thanks in all relationships. And the truth is a thankful heart in relationships builds healthier relationships. All of us would say here today, you know what, I could use some more health in my relationships. Whether it has to do with our spouse, our children, in-laws, bosses, with church family, co-workers. A thankful heart isn't just, it just doesn't cultivate a better relationship with God. It cultivates better relationships with one another. Think for a minute, just, just for a second today, about the relationships in your life. Think about the ones that you wish were healthier. Think about the ones you actually wish you were closer with. Just think, just for, just for a second, just those, those relationships in your life that you realize, you know what, I, I wish that was better. And I want you to think about this for a moment. If you will make a choice to begin expressing thankfulness towards people in your life and to them, this is, this is, a, this is a guarantee. I don't, I, I don't give a lot of guarantees. This is one of them. Your relationship with them will get better or you will get better. You will become healthier and you will get closer if you begin to express your thankfulness towards people in your life that you want to be closer. For you married couples, one of the things that you used to do in the beginning of your relationship, and maybe you still do it now, but this is just a little reminder. Think about back when you first started dating for us married couples. You used to express how thankful you were for the other person. How thankful, man used to express how thankful you were that, that, your, uh, that, that your girl looked pretty good, didn't you? Didn't you do that, man? Come on. Are you thankful for that? You would say, man, you look, wow, you look gorgeous, you look beautiful. You were thankful. You didn't say, well, thank you for doing that. No, but you were, you were expressing thankfulness. And, and for you women, you used to be so thankful that, that, that this, this man that you're dating and you're drawing closer to, you, you're thankful for how, how he acts and how he treats you and how respectful he is of you. And so guess what happened as you expressed thankfulness towards each other? You got closer. And then you thought, let's get married. And you did. Why? Because you were expressing thankfulness. I think it's time that we begin to revisit what originally brought us closer as married couples. I'd be willing to bet Here's a challenge to you today. I'd be willing to bet that if you talked and acted towards each other when you were dating the way that you do now, the chances are you probably would have never gotten married. That's called a pregnant pause. I'm just going to let that. How about this? It's time. That we as Christians begin demonstrating what a changed heart looks like. It's, begin, we, it's, it's time we actually start demonstrating this life of thankfulness. We begin obeying the word of God that we have in front of us. The challenge is to take steps forward. You can rekindle those relationships. If you feel distant with your spouse today, you can rekindle those relationships by doing what brought you into the relationship. Expressing thankfulness and appreciation of each other. If you find yourself moving away from your spouse today, listen, start speaking thankfulness towards them. 
Send them a text. Write them a, 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 a little note. Call them. Just tell them, hey, I want you to know I'm just thankful for you today. Okay? Let me give you a 30-day thankful challenge if you're married. Start 30 days. Every day for the next 30 days, tell your spouse why, you, why you're thankful for them and what, about what they do or how they are. And tell them specifically, I'm thankful because of this. And I guarantee you at the end of the 30 days, you will be closer with them than you were at the beginning of it. And remember this, that love that you feel isn't a feeling always. It can be. It can be. But it's a choice. Same way even with our friends or our small groups. Whoever you want to grow closer in relationships that you wish, man, I wish my relationship was a little closer. Begin to be thankful for them. I'm thankful for you, and this is why I am. This will change your relationships, and this will change your heart and your perspective. It's understanding that God calls us as believers. There's the key. He doesn't tell us to do things because there's no, there's no benefit or dividends from them. No, he tells us to do things. He gives us instructions because he knows what's good for you. That's why 1 Thessalonians earlier in this passage says this. Encourage each other and build each other up. Encourage each other and build each other up. Take some time this week. Let me encourage you. Five people in your life that you, you know, you're like, you know, I wish I was a little closer with them. I wish that, that when I thought of them, I didn't get this weird feeling in my gut. Listen, holidays are coming around. You're going to have to be in rooms with people that you're trying to, you're trying to fight through if you even want to look, at, look them in the eye or not. Begin to start saying, you know what, I'm going to show thanks for them. I'm going to tell them, I'm thankful for you. Thank you for coming. I'm so grateful that you would come and, and have a meal with us. Or you, think of a memory that you can express a thankfulness towards them. Five people in your life. And let's see what God does in our relationships. The second um, key or the second result of a thankful heart is number two. It is a mark of spiritual maturity. A thankful heart is a mark of spiritual maturity. An ungrateful heart is a sign of spiritual immaturity. Today, I, I, don't, I don't really, I don't mean to rattle anyone's cage, but I do wish to challenge all of us that if you find yourself being ungrateful, if you find yourself not being able to speak of things that you're thankful for in your life, at your workplace, at your church, your family, your relationships, then please take this as a sign that God wants to grow you in some areas. He wants to heal you. He wants to bring health in areas of your life, that he wants to grow you and mature you in these areas. Because thankfulness is a sign of spiritual maturity. There's this account in Luke chapter 17. Jesus was going to a village, he was on his way, he was, he was heading from one village to another as he always did and was ministering. And as he was walking, these 10 men with leprosy came to Jesus. They called out to Jesus and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. And Jesus did have mercy on them. And when he saw them, he said, now go and get your, your go to the priest and get a clean bill of health because for, for, for Judaism, Leprosy, one, it was you were unclean, you couldn't be around anyone, and you had to be separate from society. And so in order, if you were to be healed, the priest had to, had to deem you healed and whole, and therefore you could come back into society. So they begin to leave, and by faith they go to the priest, and all of them are healed. 
But when, and then all of a sudden, the Bible says that one of them came back to Jesus. And Jesus asked, where are the other nine? Was it, did, what, I, th- I thought there was ten people here who I healed. And so this one came back and gave thanks to Jesus. Then Jesus said, rise and go. Your faith has made you well. His thankful heart towards Jesus was a sign that he had mature faith. And this this man's thankfulness was a sign of his maturity. The other nine were healed, but they never thought to give thanks to Jesus because they were spiritually immature. And the Bible, when speaking about people who were rebellious towards God. This, this, they were, it was out of Romans. They're talking about rebellious people. This is what it says out of Romans chapter 1. They knew God, but they wouldn't worship him as God or even give him thanks. Thankfulness is a sign of spiritual maturity. I grew up in a, in a spiritual culture where it was very interesting um, how Christians have done this over the years. We, we like to hang our hats on certain things and say, if I do this, this means I'm mature. And so the culture I grew up in is this, that the spiritual gifts were a sign of spiritual maturity. But the issue was this, people with spiritual gifts were really mean. And it was a sense of arrogance. And what hap- what's happened in the church is we've, we've elevated the gifts of the Spirit and we've forgotten that you need to have the fruit of the Spirit. You got people who, who operate in spiritual gifts and praise God. They, everybody wants the power. And it's great. But what happened to people have forgotten about you need the fruit of the Spirit for that power to be received from anyone. The fruit of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, self-control. What is this? What is this thankful? That's part of a thankful heart. There's a sense of thankfulness, of kindness, of gentleness. There's a gratitude that flows from the fruit of the Spirit. It's a sign of spiritual maturity. And so we need to know that a thankful heart towards, not just towards God, in all circumstances, in all relationships, in all encounters, a thankful heart is a sign that you just don't know God, but you have been changed by him, and it's a sign of spiritual maturity. And maturity is is being thankful for every blessing in your life. No matter how big or how small, there's this mindset in this heart of, I'm grateful for you, God. Jesus, thank you for saving me. Thank you for for loving me. Thank you for being with me. When I doubted, God, you were were so faithful. Thank you for my spouse. Thank you for my children. Thank you for this meal that I'm about to eat. Thank you for my job, my church, my breath, my pastor. I put that one in there for you. My life. God, thank you. Thank you, Lord. In this circumstance, I give you Thanks. One of the things I did last night with, with uh, my family, we do this every once in a while. We're sitting around just kind of goofing off at the table. And, uh, and I was like, hey, let's take some time and let's just, let's just, give, just give thanks about the other three people in our family and what you're thankful about. So we went around. And it was, it was beautiful. It was just amazing. 
You can see everyone, these, these words of thankfulness, they go deep into the heart of people. Because they, they got enough going on. The, the enemy is out to destroy them, tell them that what they're not or what, you know, they're lacking this, they're inadequate here, and you're not this, not that. And then when you begin, I'm so thankful for you and the light that you bring to this family. I'm thankful that you walk into the room and you bring joy. And yeah, you're a little loud, but that's because you're full of joy. And I so appreciate that. I'm thankful for you. And we go and go around because most of us, we have been conditioned by the world to find everything that's wrong with everything. It's my job. I got to point it all out. What's wrong? It's my job. No, it's not. It's the Holy Spirit's job. Stop elevating yourself to one of the, one of the Trinity. Listen, it's not the quadrature. It's the Trinity. You're not in there. I just made that up just so you know. On the fly. Aren't you impressed? It's not a word. Don't, don't quote me on it. But a thankful heart, it's important that we are able to share it because once you do, it's a sign that you're spiritually mature. Number three, a thankful heart, it builds your faith. It builds your faith. Listen, a thankful heart when things are going good, good it's, it's important. It still builds your faith, but where you really begin to put some deep roots down is when you begin to have a thankful heart when life's painful. And you can't wrap your mind around what's going on. You can't figure it out. And your prayers are unanswered when everything is not going the way that you thought it should go. And yet, you say, God, I thank you. I thank you that you're going to use this. I don't know how. I'm confused. But Lord, I just want you to know I'm thankful for you. God, I can't see how, how, how you can work in this situation, but I know that you're in control because your word says it. I know that you love me. I know that you're going to bring good out of this. And I thank you, God, that I can rely on you when I don't know how it's going to work out. I'm th- God, I, I'm thankful even though this stinks, God. But I'm thankful that you're bigger than my problem. I'm thankful that regardless of what it, it is happening, that you will use it. And I trust you for how you're going to use it. God, I know that you see me in the midst of my pain, in the midst of my storm. God, I know that you care for me. I know that you love me. God, I know that you're using this in my life. And I just, I just want to thank you that you're doing that. That's powerful. That's where you begin to build faith. It's easy to thank God when things are good, but as you thank God even when things are bad and you don't understand them, you're building your faith. I want to introduce you to a a friend of mine. I had the great privilege of spending some time with a friend, a friend of our church. And he and his family have been a part of our church for many, many, many years. His his wife, Desiree, is, is on staff with us in our children's department. She's such a gift and a light to, our, to, our, to this ministry. But this man, Michael Cespedes, has the deepest faith, and I'm just not saying this, has the deepest faith of anyone I have ever met in my life. And one encounter with him, it's obvious that this man's foundation is deep and it's rock solid. It's unshakable. And I believe that he's established that because of his thankful heart. 
He has one of the most thankful hearts I've ever seen. We originally, I went and spent some time with Michael um, at his house, and Michael actually sends me emails and encourages me, and he sent me one last week, right after service, and I read it, and I thought, man, he, he, has, a, he has a tremendous ministry. And, uh, and I thought, we need to be exposed to that ministry. And so we originally, I was going to show a couple minutes of this interview I did with him, but because it's so powerful, I want to show you the whole thing. I just want you to open your heart to what God can say to you, and let's allow Michael's ministry to speak to us today. Let's watch this video. So I messed with this. Right. And I did this. Yeah. I did my son. They told my mom that I would die mm. before the age of two. Before the age of two, yeah. they said that you would die. Yeah. Wow. Here I am today. Here you are today. Years. Throughout that time, there have been several struggles. Yeah. I have issues. Yeah, health issues, yeah. Different. So the day, the day of your wedding day with Desiree, you woke up, you were totally blind. Totally blind. Wow. So we had the test. Mm. And uh, that's another story. I was depressed. Sure. I was scared. Thank you. 
So six months, six months after you woke up blind, uh -huh. six months, God began to speak to you about at what you were going through. I believe that the Lord told me to love life. To love life. This is my dad. Michael, for you, what would you, what would you tell someone that is going through struggles and they're doubting God? And I'm sure at some point in your journey, maybe you did doubt God. But what advice would you give them on understanding what it means to have a thankful heart and how that has helped you and how that would help them? Easy to just like dismiss your hardship. Yeah. But I have to say, we have to realize that God is to be praised. God is to be praised, yeah. In every circumstance, I like to say. what you said so profound that God is just as worthy in the difficult times as he was in on our best day yeah. he's just as worthy of praise and wow Yes. Yeah. 
Michael, you've been such a, an inspiration to so many people and to me. And uh, I just want to thank you for your faith. And thank you for your friendship over the years. You, you, send, you send me emails of encouragement and telling me to, to keep it up. You just, you mean so much, not only to me, but to our church. And, uh, and we love you. And thank you for sharing your story. Michael has a, uh, an understanding of God that all of us really long to have. I would like to take a moment and just pray for him. I know he's uh, had some health issues this week as he's struggling through some things, and I just want us to pray for him as a church. So, Father, we just lift up Michael to you, God, our friend, and we pray that you would just touch him. God, I ask you that you bring healing to his body. Lord, I ask you that you would, um, whatever he's, that's going on, the complications, that you would you would just touch him and heal him. Lord, thank you for Michael. Thank you for his life. And Lord, we love his life too. And we bless him today. In Jesus' name, amen. And as you've seen, there's power in a thankful heart. Which leads us to number four of your notes, that a thankful heart ministers to others. That's what Michael has just done to us. He's ministered to us. There's something powerful about this man's heart and his thankfulness. And he has chosen for God to use him as a minister. Everything that Michael does, he told me, he goes, it is, it, I do it as an act of worship and ministry for my God. So he loves fantasy football, which is so cool. And he, he communicates with people all over the nation. He sends them scriptures encourages them, writes his own, own little commentary of what the scripture means to him, tells them they need Jesus, tells them he's praying. He, everything he does, he's a minister of the gospel to them. And here's the truth is this, every Christian is a minister. You are a minister. We have a saying around here that every member is a minister. When you think, well, you know, a minister, you think a platform, a microphone on a screen or your own website and headshots of you crossing your arm like this. That's not ministry. That, that's not what it means to be a minister. It's for you to say yes to God. God, use me. Use me to serve other people with my life. We are saved by Jesus Christ to serve other people. That's why we are saved. To be ministers to other people. And all of us have a ministry, and, it's a, and, and during the season, you need to know it's a ministry of encouragement, a ministry of lifting up, a ministry of speaking life. In our culture and in our climate, everybody in, in life needs encouragement. Everyone does. The way the world works and the way that Satan works is to tear down. Is to, is to discourage, discourage you, to intimidate you, to tell you what you're not. I said this last week. The reality is this. Because somehow that mindset has worked its way into the church and to Christian families, this, the enemy doesn't even have to show up. We're doing his work for him. We're speaking ill of people. We're gossiping. We're slandering. We, we tear our kids down, our wives down, our husbands down. That should not be in a Christian's life. We are called to minister. We're called to speak life. The power of life and death is in the tongue. It's what we speak, what we say. 
The enemy wants to tell us, listen, you're not, you're not pretty enough, you're not good enough, you're not smart enough, you're too big, you're too small. And that, that spirit has infiltrated its way into our marriages, into our families. It could be 99 things that a husband does right or a wife does right, but the only thing we communicate to each other is the one thing that they don't do. That is what's called a strategy of the enemy. But what's happened to it's made its way into our churches. It's made its way into how we experience communal life as believers. That should not be. I believe that God wants to change the culture of churches. I believe God wants to change the culture of this church. That we make a commitment. We're going to minister. We're going to encourage each other. We're going to lift up. We're not going to tear down. We're not going to do the enemy's ministry. We're going to do Jesus' ministry and encourage and lift up and speak life. That's what we're to be. It's time that we wear the mantle of the ministry of encouragement. And you and everyone around you, your, their life will change. They will become better. We will become better as a church, and you will become better. I've never heard someone say after I've encouraged them, you know, you know, Jason, you can just stop right there. I'm good. I don't need any. I'm, I'm done. Don't compliment me. I'm full. I can't hold any more compliments, any more encouragement. Go, go, go somewhere else. People don't say that. We live in a world that's all about Tearing down negativity, and we need to break that spirit off our, own, our minds. You, got, you better do it, I'm telling you. Ask the Lord to do it. Ask the Lord to help you to see, why am I always seeing everything that's wrong? Why am I always speaking negative? Why am I always sitting around, oh, ain't, ain't it awful, and can you believe this? You know why? Because you're being influenced by the devil, that's why. And you need to understand that. You have a ministry called encouragement. You have a ministry that you can, someone can be lowly and you can lift them up. You can encourage them and you can speak to them and you can bring them to a place that they can live out God's purpose in their life. You can minister to them. You have a need to be encouraged. You have a need to be affirmed, to be loved, to be appreciated. And so does everyone else in your life. We are to resist the urge to speak ill of people to gossip with people, to tear them down. You take your one opportunity to have a conversation with them and you want to tell them what you don't like. You can minister to people. You can be used of God. When Paul, Paul was writing to a church in Ephesians, he wrote this in chapter four, don't let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths and people think, oh, I don't cuss, so I'm good. I, I don't cuss. That's not what this means. Look at the context of it. But only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that they may benefit those who listen. So what comes out of your mouth, one, it's an overflow of what's in your heart, what's, what Jesus said. So it's an abundance. If you have negativity in your heart, guess what's going to come out of your mouth? Negativity. Don't let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs that it might benefit those who listen. Unwholesome talk. What is unwholesome? Well, it's, unwholesome talk is anything that doesn't help someone out that you have any conversation with. Anything that doesn't build other people up. So in other words, so 
words that are critical, complaining, negative, cynical, sarcastic, always putting other people down. Come on, don't let that stuff come out of your mouth. The Bible says you need to talk about what, not what, you know, my needs. You ever had a conversation with someone that said, well, you know what, I just needed to get this off of my chest. Oh, so you're doing this according to your needs, not someone else's needs. Because it doesn't benefit those who are listening. Don't let that stuff come out of you. The Bible says you need to talk about not what makes you feel superior, but what helps build other people up. Not what benefits you, but what benefits those that we're talking to. By doing this, you are ministering to them. And a thankful heart, number five, makes Jesus more attractive to those who don't know him. A thankful heart is unusual today. That's why when I'm, when I'm, every time I'm around Michael, I just want to be around him more. The Bible says that as believers, you're to live in a way, live in a way that causes people to be curious about the God that we are serving. Be curious about this Jesus that you're following. You're to live in such a way that it makes the truth about God attractive to a, a, a lost world. How, how we respond, how we live our lives, a thankful heart tells the world that they, they, they should be a part of this community called Faith Bible Chapel. After a conversation with one of us, there should be this sense of, man, what do they have? Philippians chapter 2 says this, do everything without grumbling or arguing, or another version says complaining. Why? Because we know this, grumbling and arguing, it isn't a thankful heart. That's not out of a thankful heart. But why? Why should I do that? So that you may become blameless and pure. Oh, so this is about my purity. No, keep reading. Children of God without fault in a warped and crooked generation. Oh, wait a minute. So if I'm not grumbling, if I'm not complaining, if I'm not arguing, that reveals some purity in my life. Yes, it does. And in this warped and crooked generation that always wants to pull people down, always wants to speak ill of people, always wants to gossip, always wants to, to be suspicious of other people, always wants to, to, to tell people how they're inadequate. In a world that's it's so sick of that filth, that as Christians we should not be that. And when we don't grumble, when we don't complain, when we don't argue, then you will shine among them. Like among who? Among a crooked and warped generation like stars in the sky as you hold firmly to the word of life and to the word of God. That's what it'll do. That's powerful. The Bible says that if you, if you do this, if you make a decision, I'm not going to complain anymore. Lord, forgive me for complaining. I'm not going to grumble anymore. God, forgive me for grumbling. If you do this, it will be so unusual to the world because everybody complains. Everybody tears down. Every family has negativity. Every family does. You're going to make the truth of God attractive. It's a witness. And as you do that, it will make you blameless and pure, and it will show that you're a child of God, and then people will want to know the God that is your Father. That's what that scripture is saying. The Bible says you're to be faultless, and if you do that in a crooked and depraved, depraved uh, generation, 
that's cynical and sarcastic and critical and negative. But if you aren't that, you're going to shine like the stars in the universe. And you're not going to be some shooting star full of hot gas. You're going to be a guiding light that someone can follow and fix their eyes on you and say, I will follow you as you follow your God because you have just shown me you're pure and blameless. And the question for us today in this challenging word is do you do that? Does the thankfulness of your heart cause people to say, I want to know this Jesus that you serve. I want to be closer to him. Do they look at your life and say, man, there's something different. She's never complaining. She's always trying to find the good out of difficult situations. She's always grateful. He's always positive. You know, I want to be around that guy. I want to be around her. Do you do that? Does an encounter with you cause people to want to know Jesus? Or does it cause them to want to stay away from Jesus? Have you made the gospel of Jesus Christ more attractive because of your thankful heart? This is the power of a thankful heart. It's the power of it. You can, with, with a decision and the help of Jesus, your broken relationships can begin to be mended. The life that you live, that you want to make a difference with your life, you can begin to minister to others and lift them up. You can begin to be a witness for Jesus just by what comes out of your mouth, just by these words. Is it easy? No. But should the church, should Faith Bible Chapel, should our words and how we see people and view people and talk about each other, how our families operate, how our kids respond, should we be different than people who don't know Jesus? Yes. Should you find ways to encourage and lift up and speak life into people? Yes. Is it time? That we lay aside all this stuff that for some reason we don't know why. Why is it that I can't see anything good? Why do I always find out what's bad and call it out and point it out? And I'm prophetic. No, you're pathetic. You need, to be, you need to be the words of Jesus. You need to lift up Jesus. We came across people that had things in their life that they were struggling Man, no, he, he, would, he stood up for them. He called them to a higher standard. He spoke life over them. He was the most, the most expressive. He challenged the religious leaders, but he lifted up the broken and the hurting because his mannerism was thankfulness of, of what, what he could offer and for people, and all of a sudden, people were drawn to him. That's what God's called us to do as a church. What would that be like if we obeyed it? I believe God wants to do something fresh and new in our lives. I really do. And we're all on a journey. And we're all needing God to change us. You might think, wow, man, Jason, he's, wow, he's really got all this together. No, I'm just one week ahead of you guys, that's all. I'm just, I'm learning. We're growing together. 
And I believe this is something the Holy Spirit has put his finger on for this church. Our thankful hearts. We hope you enjoyed the message. If you'd like to watch a service live online, you can join us every Sunday at 9 and 1045 a.m. at live.faith.church. For everything else, check our website at www.faith.church. 